Hello, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time of the day it is you're joining us uh, for another uh, episode of Fairly Random Entertaining Dialogue, or what we call FRED. Uh, it's the Tulsa World Scene podcast. Uh, I'm joined here by my colleagues, Jimmy Trammell and Grace Wood. And um, it's it's spring and it's lovely and it's a time of of, of regeneration and, and, and coming back. And um, one of the things that in popular culture that always seems to be coming back uh, is vampires. There is coming up, I, I think it's be released end of this week, a new Friday vampire. Friday the 14th. Week. Yes. Friday the 14th. Well, doesn't that send a chill down your spine? Um, it's a new film called uh, Renfield, and uh, Jimmy's discovered a Tulsa connection to that. We do. Actually, I'm sorry, it's a Broken Arrow connection. I should have clarified, but it's a Metro connection. Tulsa area connection. Area connection. But we do have someone locally who worked on the movie. Uh, Renfield stars Nicolas Cage uh, as Dracula. Of course, Nicolas Cage is the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, who filmed the Outsiders and Rumblefish here in 1982. And uh, Renfield, uh, if I were to ask Grace and James, who is Renfield? Would you know who Renfield is? I don't, I don't think so. It's not ringing any bells for me. What about you, James? Oh, it, 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 ring, it rings a very, a, a very, a very large, large bell with me. So uh, he was sort of Dracula's henchman. Um, uh, I believe it was Dwight Fry who played him. Uh, in the in the Bela Lugosi version in nineteen film in nineteen thirty one, and he's uh, uh, an inmate in, in the novel. He's an inmate at an insane asylum run by one of the characters that has somehow gotten uh, under the spell of of Count Dracula and uh, likes to catch flies and eat them because they're just little lives with the blood in them. So, which would be uh, great if you have a mosquito problem. You just sit exactly. in the backyard and you're you're good to go. But the film was about Renfield, who is the uh, uh, longtime servant of Dracula, wanting to break free and have a life of his own. So it's a it's a horror comedy, uh, but it is a it's the first time Dracula's quote unquote wingman or bat wingman has got a movie of his own, as opposed to. Uh, being the sidekick. Uh, you guys have a favorite depiction of vampires in popular culture or maybe a favorite Dracula actor over the years? Well, I mean, it, it, it's so, uh, you know, so many people, when, when they when they think of the name Dracula, they see Bela Lugosi, um, who, if memory serves me right, wanted to, and was buried wearing his Dracula cape. Hmm. Um, I also believe that uh, if I remember correctly, he played the role originally on, 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 on Broadway. It was originally a play um, that, and, and he, he had to learn his lines phonetically because he originally spoke no English. Um, I, I may be misremembering that, but uh, but that does l lend itself to that uh, otherworldly, you know, kind of stilted 
uh, delivery that he gives. Um, but uh, I tell you what, Grace and James, give give me two or three vampire projects in pop culture that you love. Uh, Grace, you go first. Um, I think the first one that really comes to mind for me is Twilight. It just, I feel like for my generation, it it came out when me and all my friends were like 12 and 13, and we just instantly became like so obsessed with it. And now looking back, I can kind of recognize like how silly and campy and ridiculous it is, and I can still love it for what it is. And I, me and my friends still rewatch it pretty much every year. <laughs> so I think the Twilight Saga is a big one for me. Also, the Vampire Diaries. I don't know if you guys have heard of that TV show that really had a grip on my generation as well. Um, even like Castlevania, the video game, um, and they just turned it into a Netflix series like a couple years ago. It's about vampires. So yeah, those are some of my main ones, I guess. Oh boy. I, I, I mean, I, I, I've seen a whole lot of depictions uh, of, of, Drac of, of Dracula stories. Um, uh there are elements of the Francis Ford Coppola version of Dracula that I like um I've seen uh Jack Palance uh play Dracula in a fairly effective uh one uh of course the night stalker is all about a vampire and I'm sure that you can uh, share some some information about that <laughs> more you more than information than I could about that Jimmy um but I have if I have okay my favorite my favorite vampire related film um and now the title of it has gone out of my head but it starred Willem Dafoe and it was based on the making of the movie Nosferatu mm. shadow of the shadow of the demon something like that um and and Willem Dafoe played uh Max Schreck who was hired to portray the the the, the vampire in this very loose adaptation of Dracula and the conceit of this particular movie is that this 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 personage this Max Shrek was actually a vampire, and that it was that it was you know that that you know and 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 it's 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 it the the silent version of Nosferatu remains a wonderfully creepy film. It was remade in the late seventies with Klaus Kinski in the title role, and that's a disturbing little tale, mm. but. Um, but yeah, it, it it it's such it's such a fascination how how this archetype is everywhere in in popular culture. You know, you mentioned that this is a a vampire comedy, and one of Nicolas Cage's early roles that kind of set him off as as something of an eccentric was his role in Vampire's Kiss where he imagines himself that he is a vampire. I think that's the movie where he eats a cockroach. Um, but, uh, so, but, but, uh, 
have the two of have, have the two either of the two of you given any thought to why um the vampire which has really not been around well there have been variations of it but the idea of the bite in the neck you know suck the you know, i want to suck your blood kind of uh vampire why that is so popular uh as a as a figure in in our culture today mm. grace you got any theories on that because i'm it seems like there's something almost uh romantic about it that people want to get bitten on the neck by a vampire although personally i don't but there seems to be that thing yeah i feel like because lore about vampires and creatures like them go back and to ancient times right and i feel like back then maybe they were sort of feared and grotesque and sort of scary and now like in our popular culture like we have very attractive actors playing vampires and it's kind of romanticized and just we have like this fascination with them so i feel like maybe we've humanized them a little bit and that's why the attraction has such staying power so i don't know that's one theory <laughs> Well, it, it, you know that 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 the idea of it being a romantic thing, um, I think, really took form in the late seventies when they made the Frank Langella version of Dracula. Because I mean, you know, he he looked like you know Heathcliff walking off the moors. I mean, he looked like a romantic hero who just happened to get a little you know bitey every so often. Um, but yeah, but, but you look at the, you know, the old, uh, Christopher Lee ones, you know, Christopher Lee is, you know, was never played him as, you know, a romantic figure. He was always, you know, he, he, he knew very well he was playing a monster. So I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's, it's something about which people will furiously think I know, but, um, well, but that's something to check out. I introduced my son to the Lost Boys. Uh, this year, which was made far before he was ever born, but it was showing at a local theater. I took him to see the Lost Boys, and he loved it. So, you just never know what it is about the vampires that's going to hook people uh, throughout the years. Uh, it, it's not my movie, but I love the character Blade, uh, who got a Marvel movie before any of these other superheroes did, except for Howard the Duck. Uh, but Blade, the the nineteen seventies comic book series. Tomb of Dracula in the 10th issue there was uh, Blade and the origin was uh, his mother was bitten by a vampire when he was pregnant so when Blade was born he had the abilities of, of a vampire but could walk during the day and not be burned up by the sun kind of a hybrid character and then dedicated his life to going and becoming a killer of vampires so I thought that was a new you know, kind of fresh spin on the whole vampire thing and 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 one of our former colleagues, John Woolley, wrote a novel called A Wash in the Blood, mm. which is about a televangelist who becomes a vampire. And his rationale for what he's doing is he's giving people eternal life by um snacking on their on on the nape of their neck. So yeah, there's all kinds of all kinds of uh, fascinating ways of of dealing with that but uh let's try to move on to something a little uh a, 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 a little more lighter uh, what else have you got coming up for this weekend uh grace 
Well, first of all, I want to read that book. I can't believe I didn't <laughs> think about it. <laughs> I'm adding that to my Goodreads right after this. Uh, okay. But yeah, later this week, I have a story about the latest release from the Tulsa musician, Nathan Wright. Um, it's a song called Away With Me, and it's the longest one he's made. It's about seven minutes long, and it's really, really good. So I have an interview with him where he just kind of breaks down like how the song was made and the inspiration behind it, um, as well as a look at the animated music video that goes along with it. So that'll come out later this week, I think, probably on Friday. Well, I've got uh, coming up a... Um an interview with uh, Sharon Isbin, a classical guitarist who will be appearing in Owasso on Friday, uh, Saturday uh, with uh, three members of uh, a, a legendary family of uh, Indian musicians uh, that's, that, that are all masters of an instrument called the Sarad. And uh, it's a blending of, of classical and Indian classical music. Uh, it's going to be really, really interesting. It's called Strings for Peace. Um, the idea came from uh, uh, Amjad Ali Khan, who's the, the 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 patriarch of this of this group, uh, who said that there are only seven notes in music, you know, the A through G, but those seven notes connect people in ways that nothing else can. Not language. Not images it's it you know so that that's coming up uh this friday and we'll also be talking with um the owners of a company here in town that does uh highly specialized audio production and composing for film and television they've worked on uh reservation dogs they've worked on killers of the flower moon and they are the uh, composers for a new film that's just been released called the journey uh about that features the um the italian tenor andrea bocelli traveling along a famous route through italy and pausing to you know visit sites and sing and they did the uh they composed the music for that so have an interview for them uh coming up on sunday uh what else have you got coming up uh, jimmy there's an upcoming pbs documentary series uh that explores symbols of America. They pick eight symbols over the course of the series eight episode run and explore that symbol. One of those symbols is the American cowboy. And uh, the uh, host of this documentary series obviously grew up wanting to be, uh, you know, watching cowboy movies, cowboy TV shows, was fascinated by cowboys. So one of the places he comes to explore the real cowboy, what is the real cowboy, is Oklahoma. So we'll write about that in Friday's Tulsa World. Okay. Do they figure out what makes a real cowboy? Well, the problem is you haven't, you don't know their name because the entertainment cowboys, you know the Lone Ranger's name and John Wayne's name and Roy Rogers' name. But the real cowboys were just, you know, workers who helped uh, feed the country, basically. Real cowboys have real cows. All right. Well, on that on on that note, we will uh, we will bring bring this episode of Fred to a close. We want to thank you all for putting up with us uh, one more week, and we will gladly see you later. Behave. Bye.